I'm Jenny Dell. And this is Kelly. From Jenny Dell and the Spurs. And you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk Music. Well, I got this thing when I got some Today we have two special guests joining us. They are members of the alternative country band Jenny Don't and the Spurs, and they have just released their third album called Fire on the Ridge. Fire on the Ridge! <laughs> <laughs> they performed over 500 shows in almost a dozen countries, and let's all welcome to Jim and Mike Talk Music, Jenny and Kelly. All right. <laughs> And the crowd goes wild. Very good. And just so our listeners know, uh, Jenny, you're the lead singer and I'd say rhythm guitarist. Would we say that? Yeah. And yep. Kelly, you're the bass player, correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so where are you in Portland today? Yep. Yeah. We're in our living room in Portland. Okay. We, we talked about the time. I think that uh, this will likely be the very first and the very last 9 a.m. musician interview. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to get up at the ungodly hour of 9 a.m. this morning. Yeah. So how, how long have you, you two known each other? Uh, about 13 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just about. Yeah, this. 12 or 13 years. This week or next week actually is our. 12 year anniversary as a couple. Oh, okay. So you guys, you guys aren't married? No, we, we're not married. We still don't know each other very well. Okay. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, we don't want to jump the gun. No, we yeah. might actually get married next year for our um, 13th year anniversary. I get it. Lucky then, 13. We just, yeah. We just really like to live in sin. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jenny, I got a question about your name. Jenny, don't, you know, it's very unusual. So uh, I have an idea. I was thinking maybe it's one of those band names where it starts out like the whole sentence and then just cut it short. Like, Jenny, don't play drums so loudly. Jenny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where'd you I, get that? How about Jenny, don't? Where does that come from? I always say that it was from growing up. Like, I just heard that my whole life. My mom and my dad. I was oh, like, okay. Jenny, don't. Jenny, no. And I used to go, I was called that for a long time before the band. So Sam and I, the drummer and I had a uh, more like punk band called Don't. And that came because we were hanging out trying to think of band names. You know, that's like the, the hardest thing that's harder than writing the music itself <laughs> is figuring out mm -hmm. the band name. And he said, why don't we just call it Don't? Okay. Yeah, that works. And then when yeah. we started the Spurs, we were like kind of going into it with the idea, like maybe we'll have it where... We'll have a rotating cast just depending on who's available. We'll just book shows and whoever can do it will come play with us. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we quickly learned that we don't like that style. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. It's a pain in the ass. So Yeah, like we, what if you're planning on a show you know, and you don't have a drummer? Or, yeah. yeah, it was just like so much anxiety. And also like, what if they don't know the songs the way you want them to? And so mm -hmm. we yeah. we started with just Jenny Don't and the Spurs and continue with that. But it's started getting very confusing and people were having a very hard time knowing which band was which and don't stuff was showing up on the Spurs page. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and we've learned too, that don't was like the worst band name to, to be able to find your band. Not very <laughs> positive. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. No, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you, you can't Google really, you can't Google search don't and. Oh man, that would somewhere. be. That would be bad. Yeah. So did you have, uh, you had brothers and sisters, this might get personal, but you had brothers and sisters that uh, were not so in the don't mode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you were Jenny we're don't. Kind of, yeah. We're all kind of bad kids. I think I was the worst though, so. <laughs> yeah, so I, have, I have an older sister, a younger brother and two half brothers. Okay, yeah. So let's get into the new album, uh, Fire on the Ridge. Fire on the Ridge! Okay. So. <laughs> That's good. 
That's what we do. <laughs> I read that um, the album was delayed. Uh, something kind of horrific happened while in the middle of recording. You had mm-hmm. you con- you lost your voice. Bunch you of horrific things happened. You had throat surgery. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of started before we were recording, but we were hoping that we, we would just be able to get through it and and deal with it after all the stuff. I was starting to get hoarse a lot. And uh, sometimes, you know, after a show or whatever, we'll we'll wake up and be a little hoarse or scratchy just from yeah. kind of partying. But mm-hmm. then it was just like not going away. And it was like different. Uh, you know, if you lose your voice, if you're screaming at a show, it just felt different. This what felt like I just didn't have a voice anyways. And I couldn't talk very loud. And we'd go out and be loud somewhere and be like, Kelly, can you order me some food? And everybody was like, what? What? And I like couldn't get any <laughs> kind of frightening that, you know, for a singer to think that you may not be yeah. able to sing anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, luckily the surgery wasn't as bad of a recovery and as I thought at mm-hmm. first that it was going to be. So, but yeah, at that point I was like, oh my gosh, and what if they do surgery and it doesn't, my voice has changed or altered or doesn't oh, yeah. come back yeah. or I can't sing. Yeah, like California yeah. Cowboy. Um, yeah. I got to the point, like we didn't play that live because I couldn't even sing it at all. Like the, yeah. mm-hmm. the register, it just couldn't get to. So we went to record and we we're like, okay, we're just going to knock this out. If it sounds bad, we'll just deal with it and move on mm-hmm. and make another record afterwards. But we were doing the vocals. We had all the parts done and Kelly was listening. And our working relationship with John, we weren't super familiar with each other yet. John is the oh, record yeah. label owner and the owner of the okay. studio and the producer engineer. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. John. <laughs> we John, John of all trades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he, we weren't at that level yet where he could say like, hey, your vocals aren't really up to snuff of how they, how we would expect. But Kelly was, and he goes, hey, we thought we would be able to get through on this but this is really bad <laughs> um, you know yeah. so that's tough it was, it was discouraging yeah it was it was hard to make the call to postpone but ultimately it was a good decision because yeah. the mm-hmm. end result was much better but then we also yeah. had beyond, beyond the vocal cord surgery we had an exploding water heater that flooded the oh, studio wow. had to break oh, everything wow. apart we had a kitchen fire where the dog got on the stove and clicked the knobs and it turned a pizza box into smoke this, <laughs> wow. this was all at the studio yeah yeah and then we also had lost um hard drive crash that lost all of the first recordings that we did anyways mm-hmm. so even yeah. if i had knocked those vocals out they were gone we'd yeah if the just... entire album and it just all disappeared and uh it, when the hard drive crashed so we had to start wow. over and wow. record the entire thing uh, that was oh, a wow. Because wow. the second time around was a lot better yeah. than the first time yeah. around. Yeah, and it sounds good. Jim and I have listened to it repeatedly, and we, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it all sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, I love hey. this album. Mm-hmm. I think it's- well, let's I, let's I think talk a little bit about it. So let's go through a couple songs on the new album, see if you can tell us anything about the song. First, we'll start with California Cowboy. So this song has a, I think, a 60s feel to it. And I don't know, for some reason, I I hear, I could hear Blondie singing this. Yeah. Like Debbie Harry. <laughs> he pictures Debbie Harry. Yeah. You and her together. Yeah, there you go. 
Is there anything you can tell us about this? That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, I started the idea of that song actually, like we had played some shows in California and there was this guy that we kept encountering that was just a real dick. And uh, so I started the song to be a little more petty because I was like, oh, that fucking poser, like, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. And we had to keep encountering him and it was just like, God, like this guy. He was one of these cowboy hat hips. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if he had the hat on. And he, he must have. Yeah. 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 And he wasn't like a, you know, he wasn't a hick or anything. He wasn't like a real cowboy. He was one of the, he was yeah. like an LA hipster that mm -hmm. was cosplaying like a Western <laughs> guy. Yeah. So he, crazy he kind of became our, um, our tour joke. He was the yeah. California yeah. cowboy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he probably Initially, never met even a horse in person. No, I mean, despite that, he was full of bullshit. Yeah. Oh, there you, you had that part of it. Yeah. What I did. Um, he's yeah, probably so listening. Initially. He's probably listening in right now. And this is a song for you. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. There's probably a, a dozen people out there being you like, want to shout out his oh, name. Man, I hope <laughs> no. So. no. <laughs> I, I to Don't. Yeah. <laughs> but. But I didn't, you know, the song was a little more catty. I mean, but I was like, oh, I don't want to give him that much credit. I don't really want to have a whole song about this guy. Like, oh, he was annoying yeah. enough. So then I, I started going more towards the like, we'll have it be more like a longing about a California love, you know, yeah. going in that yeah. direction. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Foolish Lies. I don't know. I hear kind of a Hawaiian sound. That'd be the steel guitar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask. Yeah. And then I, I love your uh, do 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 dot. So who's playing that steel? Who's playing that steel guitar? That's our guitar player, Christopher March. He mm -hmm. does all the strings that aren't the bass or the rhythm guitar. So mm -hmm. he's a he's a really good guitarist. Yeah, excellent. yeah, he's great. He jumped on with us a couple of years ago to fill in for a tour when our, our initial the guitar player that was on the second album couldn't make the tour anymore and just realized touring life wasn't for him. So mm -hmm. Christopher jumped in the van and we've been together ever since. Yeah, we kind That's of great. abducted him and threw him in and he's uh haven't we haven't let him go since. Yeah. That's about that's been about five years, I guess, four years. Now. Yeah. That's that's a long time. That's good. Yeah. Holding on to somebody. And then we have train yeah. ticket, which is definitely rockabilly mm -hmm. sounding. Yeah. I love this song because it's fast paced. Thanks. I know this is a song you wrote, but are you going to remember all the lyrics at rapper when you rapper speed play it live? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I still remember some of the places I was at when I was writing the lyrics because when okay. we start writing, until the song's finished, it's like constant on constant loop, like trying to figure out all the the ways that the, the verses could work together. And we were at Home Depot, and I was remember <laughs> we were sitting in. In the Always a, a great catalyst for inspiration. <laughs> yes. you know, we, if we get right, go to home. You know, it's just, yeah, the smell of raw wood. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I was getting on his nerves because I kept saying like, oh, how about this version? Or how about this verse? And like saying it, things over and over. And he's like, oh, my God, just finish it already. So I don't have to keep hearing it. <laughs> right. But you're the person in line that's entertaining. You know, when I'm at Lowe's and Home Depot and, you know, you just kind of you do the. You know, you're looking around at the five hour energy drink and, you know, but you'd, you'd be the entertainment in the line. That would be good. Yeah, I can picture that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, next one, uh, Friday night. Dream of 
it's my favorite one on the album. I like, uh, I really like Friday Night and California Cowboy. They're my two favorites. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Uh, what can you say about the uh, Friday Night writing it or or anything? Yeah, this one was inspired kind of by um, the Patsy Cline style songs. Yes, like, um, yes. <laughs> I hear that. Like, That's what wrong. he was saying. Uh, I was thinking of like the same chord progression kind of as like, yeah, like I was wrong, so wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And I like the idea of somebody sitting at home knowing that there's all this action going out and they really want to be there, but they're better off staying at home because they'll probably make a fool of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, they don't want to face the rejection. And I just like that writing idea of like, I don't know, 50s party. and <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of our song our songs musically and lyrically sort of a lot of them are inspired by the song traditions that we enjoy more than a specific topic. A lot of times mm-hmm. we're like, wow, yeah, let's, you know, let's come up with kind of a melancholy sort of love lost sort of theme. Right. You know, well, it's like the richest emotion. It's like yeah. one that everybody can relate to. Right. Too. Right. So, and personally, for me, I like uh, I like that. And you you notice my selections there of California Cowboy and Friday Night. I, I enjoy that. It feeds me a little bit more than the fast pace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing one of my favorite things about Patsy Cline was she was it seemed like most of her songs, she was lamenting some kind of love gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the just the depth of songwriting there is really yeah. inspirational. Right. Let me tell you two quick uh, Patsy Klein stories. One is uh, I worked down in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. You know, she's from Winchester. And uh, and I worked with her great niece for a little while. Oh, They're wow. a new market. And then another story is where my kids went to school, Elkton, uh, just between the over the over the mountain would be Charlottesville. And right there is Harrisonburg and Elkton. And uh, the locals said, yeah, that was Patsy Klein's grandparents house. And there's this little white house and a shed. And then they built a huge, huge new high school right there. But whenever I pick up my kids, all high school, I'm thinking I'm picturing a 10 year old Patsy Klein visiting grandpa going in the fields that were the where the school was now was just fields and uh, yeah. and the little shed i can tell how old that shed is and the house and i'm picturing this this uh, little 10 year old patsy klein running around that area right there uh near elkton that was pretty yeah, cool that's yeah that's great and i mean i listened to so much patsy klein and when i had crushes on people or, or like when a you know a crush didn't work out or whatever and that stuff it just was like a knife to the heart like i, I know what you're saying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was wrong yeah <laughs> Jenny, do you and Kelly write the song solely, like the lyrics, uh, um, or or is it a whole band yeah. effort? She writes most of them, like probably ninety five percent of the music and lyrics. Okay, and then I help out with um, encouraging some, you to keep them. <laughs> yeah, or sometimes there's um, I'll get stuck. You sometimes. know, or if we if we develop a song that the the layout of a song. I'll help out with lyrics sometimes or, you know, I'll suggest an arrangement. Yeah. yeah she'll come mm-hmm. to the table with a song and a lot of times at practice, I'll, I'll help with the arrangement, but she does easily 95 plus percent of, of everything. You know? Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. good that you two uh, are t- together most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you, yeah. especially with yeah. quarantine, you might not have seen the other yeah bandmates and but you could work on work oh yeah. Stuff. yeah yeah for a while we we didn't you know it, it was mm-hmm. it was kind of rough and our you know our guitar player christopher is pretty uh he's pretty self-contained so i think he just kind of hung out and um did solo recording projects on his computer and noodled around with his guitar mm-hmm. our drummer uh kind of goes stir crazy if he's not staying active so mm-hmm. we we yeah. tried to get him back in the saddle as soon as we could but he's older so we were also kind of concerned when in the early time you know when it was still like what's going on how serious mm-hmm. is this and we didn't want to get him sick yeah, yeah. we were pretty worried <laughs> sick or retired uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so with songwriting though it's great kelly's really good at encourage because i'll i'll come up with a you know, a list of ideas or song melodies and stuff. And I I don't always have as good of a vision of the song further with the full band as he does. Like, I'm like, oh, this one sounds a little corny or I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. this sounds whatever. And 
like, no, that's great. Like we could build on this. Let's keep it. And I'll, I'll hate it for a while until all the guys start doing their thing on it. And then it, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad that you made us. Cause I'll be like, oh, I'm going to throw this one away. This is a yeah. funny song. And then yeah. it, it becomes one yeah. of our favorite ones. Yeah. That makes sense. Christopher yeah. has some, he has some songwriting credits on this album too, because he had some good ideas just after the song was already together like how about we go to this chord instead and i feel like that is still songwriting in itself so give credits for that too <laughs> yeah influences the direction of the song and and how interesting it is you know throwing this extra chord in here yeah you get a feel yeah yeah jenny and i you know we uh we we own our house and we uh have a practice room in the basement and that's where mm -hmm. the band practices we also I mean, we've got guitars in literally every room of the house. And <laughs> if she's struck by inspiration, yeah. she can, mm -hmm. you know, just pick up a guitar. And just and, roll out of bed and, and pick up the guitar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And um, that was recorded on my phone, like a little, you know, whatever those audio mm -hmm. recorder just apps. Yeah, if you get an idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's pretty. Uh, cobble something together around here and then the the trick is just remembering it for the next practice and then right right you know so jenny you mentioned patsy klein what are some other influences you might have that you tap for inspiration i love wanda jackson i kind of like mm -hmm. you know even patsy klein I, I feel like sometimes they're like the real cliche like everybody in western like patsy klein but it's true yeah. like those are some yeah, of the yeah. best ones so. <laughs> and i love elvis presley but i also really like um like the gun club I like a lot of like Jeffrey Lee Pierce's stuff because I feel like that's a good mix of punk rock with Western influence mm -hmm. and that kind of where it started melding some of the Spurs ideas. I also really like, you know, Kelly played with Pierce Darrow's, but Fred Cole's got a great catalog of songwriting with Dead Moon and, and the Rats and the Range Rats. And so I try to listen to a lot of that stuff for inspiration because he he has a great style of verse chorus for you know like mm -hmm. with hooks and mm -hmm. keeping it simple with melodies so i try to listen to a lot of stuff like that to where you can write the song keep it under three minutes and get everything across you know well, we, yeah. we tend to take the less or kind of approach you know there's there's bands like like dead moon or you know even acdc that's just stand yeah. up blues rock you know yeah you know motorhead or any of that stuff mm -hmm. it's just good you know straightforward yeah straightforward yeah. clean and yeah yeah you know all that old classic rockabilly uh uh johnny bond's rockabilly years or the early elvis stuff carl perkins Jerry lee lewis all that stuff it was just two parts maybe three yeah and and i love how they all fit together great. like listening to how the chorus the bridge and the verse all form together to tell a story a little bit mm -hmm. too you know yeah. where it's like realize it what they're saying and it's fun i really like that yeah yeah i just love how people are still making this music yeah it's not you're not going to hear about someone being on their cell phone or it, it takes <laughs> going back to the basic topics yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i just picture you guys watching a lot of john wayne movies and clint eastwood yeah. westerns i don't know to, to get in the yeah, i love old western you get in the mood to to write yeah you know, lyrics like go that, ahead kelly know? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'll sit home, you know, so she does a one of her jobs is, is a, you know, managing a bar and tending bars. So mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of evenings here after I get off work yeah. and I'm mm -hmm. hanging out alone. I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, old Westerns or like Roger Corman biker movie. Yeah, you know, just the whole spirit of the, you know, the, the Wild West, whether it's mm -hmm. through the lens of of Hollywood's biker culture in the '60s, or the the Italian uh, take on on the Wild West, you know. <laughs> either either way, it's rough and tough. You you know, it's it's yeah. hardcore. Either way, you got to be tough. Yeah, and it's it, it it's also wide wide open spaces and the soundtracks to those uh, movies and that imagery. It, it just it's it is really inspirational and that's one of the, the best things about being able to play this kind of music as we can sort mm -hmm. of try and take that imagery and transpose it into yeah also the musical aspects of people like morricone or anyone else who makes sort of sparse windswept um 
musical landscape and we can try and try and do what we can to emulate that sort of thing when yeah. we're not Decline. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes through, you know, Fire on the Ridge right away, uh, you know, that song, you know, starting it off. So uh, the album starts off with that song, I believe. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. jumping over to jumping over to Portland in general, you're in Portland now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have uh, my wife's extended family or cousins came, uh, cousin and wife came over from Portland all the way to the Shenandoah Valley, Virginia. And uh, great people. They loved Portland. They missed it. They they actually mourned leaving there. But Shenandoah Valley is beautiful, of course. I was there 25 years. But what about Portland? What do you what can you say about the music scene or what do you love about Portland? Portland has uh, I'm a I'm a Portland native. Actually, Sam and I are the drummer. We're the Portland mm-hmm. natives. And I moved here in born two, here. And I moved here in 2008. And I don't know, there's a rich musical history in Portland that goes back for as long as people have been mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's great. Like my, I, I've been in the involved in the Portland music scene since the late eighties and, you know, Sam, our drummer, he's been playing music here since the early seventies. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's the oldest one in the band. He's what? 64 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's in the wipers and mm-hmm. Palm beach and some other mm-hmm. pretty Just influential Portland bands, old Portland mm-hmm. bands. That, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. And the city is, yeah, it's known as it's known as being progressive in a lot of ways. I skipped Seattle when I moved here because of the music scene. I like I like the Portland music scene. I mean, Seattle's great. It's just different. In Portland, a lot of the genres, everybody hangs out together. Like we had Jerry A from Poison Idea do a Lee Hazelwood song with us on our first LP. You know, Mm so. Yeah. The, the king of hardcore singing on a Western album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like I like people here are are open there's, for that. There's a lot of crossover between the, the crossover. Cultures thank you. Here. Right. right. And yeah, no, Portland's a really a really good place. It's always been pretty hospitable to uh, to music. There's always been mm-hmm. a I mean, there's been dry periods over the years, but there, mm-hmm. you know, is a good scene for venues. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's great. It's yeah, and great. I think I mean it's gotten a lot more expensive over the years, which is kind of a drag, which makes it harder to be creative. I think, you know, I was talking to someone who sort of uh, put the idea out that one of the things that made Portland a very uh, friendly place to creative musicians was the fact that there were a lot of large houses here for really cheap. And they were these old turn of the century houses that were falling apart, but you could get four or five friends together and get this big house for, you know, 500 bucks a month and there'd be a giant basement. And yeah. so, you know, your bands could play in the basement and practice. And I've been to places where that's just not possible. You know, I've been to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get it's like Japan, no basements. Oh, Florida. Yeah. There's like no place to play. Yeah. You know, you, I've toured Japan a couple of times. And when you play, like at least in the punk rock scene, if you play a show in Tokyo or Osaka or somewhere, you get 15 bands on every bill because, you know, that's their only chance to play, whether it's practicing or playing mm-hmm. live. They all want to come. And the sound checks are like six hours long because <laughs> that's their practice. Yeah, or <laughs> New York City. I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. New York City, yeah. uh, where bands have to rent studios by the hour to go practice. And yeah. so it doesn't lend itself to much creativity. You know, it's great that the bands can. New York City. Yeah, yeah. it's great the rent bands anything. can stay productive in that mm-hmm. environment. But we were lucky here and in, in Seattle and a lot of places that mm-hmm. have had cheap houses with good basements. Yeah. And, yeah understand neighbors what about basements where you are is that a thing yeah i have a full finished basement yeah yeah i know yeah. In, i know in florida i had friends who moved to florida and they, i don't think there's any basement no, they don't have basements yeah there's certain places that aren't going to be productive like that because there's you know plus it's hot well we used we used to have the recording <laughs> i call it studio yeah. in the basement our house it's so cold down there with the, even with the air conditioning yeah yeah well your family likes it yeah. so, cold, we moved, so we moved up two floors now but <laughs> Yeah, I have a nice finished basement down there. I'm kind of intrigued that 
you both started out in punk bands and now you're in a country band. Yeah. So, you know, like, so just, just where Jim and I come from, uh, punk to new wave to alternative, actually having a, a name, a moniker there. Yeah, just seeing that progression. So yeah, tell us about that. Uh, tell us about your experience with punk, or where where was that? You know, I've I've always been, I've always listened to a wide variety of of styles musically, mm-hmm. and you know, when I was younger, I feel like a lot of the music that I made was pretty orthodox punk rock, hardcore mm-hmm. stuff, and there weren't a lot of other people around that I was friends with in the music community that wanted to kind of branch out and make other styles. And I, mm-hmm. okay. you know, by other styles, it, it's not like I wanted to get super experimental with things. And the people aren't, you know, if you're too just, experimental, people aren't listening. They're not going to listen to it. I mean, yeah, and I, you know, I've, I've always liked roots music of any kind and mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know. I, I I guess about 15 years ago, I started. You know, I was lucky enough to to hook up with some people, that, and and we had a garage rock band. You know, which was cool because mm-hmm. I'd always wanted to play garage rock, but it was really hard to find other people in in my music community that were willing to to do that sort of thing. Yeah, they only they so, only wanted to play punk, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, I kept busy for many years and I I toured a lot and I Mm -hmm. put out a lot of records. So it was it's not like I was spinning my wheels and unable to play, but it was great to to kind of be able to branch out and play some other styles and you know, garage and surf and country and things things like that are, are great. I don't I don't see that big of a difference stylistically or yeah, it's all like kind of the same or emotionally between all these styles they're you know they, they share a, the the emotional aspects of of what you're trying to convey musically spring largely from the same places and mm-hmm. i and for me too I, it wasn't either or i was doing mm-hmm. the spurs it just wasn't the spurs yet at the same time, like consecutively with don't like the punk band. I just uh, was doing things at restaurants, like solo playing acoustic oh, okay. guitar. Yeah. playing songs. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked at like crappy dive bar and every year they'd have this golf tournament party. And every year for a few years, I played yeah. like Spurs songs that are on the first album that I had written that I would just play around town because it was fun. And that's uh-huh. what my writing style has always been. Even in the punk band, like we wrote that stuff collaboratively. But I was still writing my own songs on the side. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Sam would play with me. He'd play guitar. And we always said we were the two worst guitar players in Portland playing the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd, we'd go and play these restaurants. And then when Kelly was playing with Pierce Darrow's, you know, we were like, gosh, we want to we want to play together in a band because we were playing our shows together in separate bands. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's play the songs that I have. And then uh, so that just is kind of how the Spurs ended up happening fred and tootie and peristeros were like hey you guys are doing this project you're gonna open for us because we're gonna do a duo set and uh we're like well we don't we're not really a band yet we're just talking about doing it for fun and they were like well get your shit together because you're playing you're you're booked already and then it just kind of led from there uh it was easier to book shows as the spurs and uh i write a lot more like I can write songs faster with the Spurs too. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot more material and it's been easier. And so it just kind of superseded all the other bands that we were doing. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean we, we were it's not like we made an abrupt left turn here. We were doing our other bands concurrently to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. The Spurs played we played our first show as Jenny Don't and the Spurs in spring of 2011 or 12 and okay. it's just that like we've always in the portland tradition we've always been in you know a bunch of bands and over the years our other bands sort of just fell apart or stopped or whatever and fade I, away i mean i was too <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was playing and touring with with one of my punk rock bands a band called the problems up until late 2017 and, you know, I mean, I was on the road with them three or four months out of the year. 
And then when that band ended, it's just like this is this is sort of the last band standing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we we uh, just you know quit our bands and decided to put on cowboy hats or <laughs> right, right, right. Like it's a progression. It's a normal progression. Yeah. I'm assuming you don't play the same venues that you the punk bands. Some, sometimes, yeah. Well, if they yeah. were like a hardcore, mm-hmm. the I wanted to ask oh, yeah. about the band Defiance that you were in. Was that yeah. hardcore punk? Uh, no, it was more, uh, you know, you know, within the punk scene, as as with any other music scene or culture, there there's a lot of subtleties when mm-hmm. it comes to stylistic labels. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd say when we started, we were very heavily influenced by old British punk bands. Okay, so there's a genre within the the punk scene called street punk and that term hadn't been used very widely when we when defiance started in the early 90s but it's sort of like what's called street punk now is probably the closest that we fit we were kind of mm-hmm. oi you know anarcho uh uk style punk rock okay. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we had the big hair and the spiky jackets and all, all that right stuff. wow <laughs> i was i was in the band from its inception and then for the first couple records and several years, and then I I quit and I stayed out of the band for I was did other bands for about ten years and I rejoined Defiance in oh I guess two thousand five and stuck around until the band sort of fizzled out I guess mm-hmm. I probably played my last show with them in two thousand fifteen or sixteen mm-hmm. I guess so I don't know I'm. I, I'm too busy with other stuff. Yeah, they were doing some shows, but it was hard because they'd be like, hey, we're going to play this thing. And it's like once every six months and we're always on tour. And yeah, so yeah. it just. Yeah, it just never, it just didn't, didn't work out. You know, we, towards the end, we were just kind of a festival band, you know, yeah. we'd get flown around to festivals here and there. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I just didn't, didn't jive with my, you know, my touring schedule with yeah. the bands mm-hmm. that I was in that were busy bands. What you were. Yeah talking about too about the venue crossover if the spurs play some of the like punk clubs right. what was the show we played in seattle where there was the at the fun house the new fun house oh yeah we played at a there's a venue i think it's called el corazon oh now. yeah el corazon in seattle yeah, it's gone through a lot of names it was mm-hmm. off ramp for a long time and uh we played you know it was funny because we we had this country show in the bar venue there and then mm-hmm. next door in the big venue was another band uh that i used to play with sometimes when i with defiance we used to play with these guys it's an la street punk band called uh total chaos and uh-huh. you know i mean they're full-on spiky jackets and charged mm-hmm. hair and mohawks yeah. and stuff and, that, and the crowd is too it was so fun because mm-hmm. the country bands were kind of like oh i don't know if this show's gonna work and mm-hmm. yeah it's cool because i mean i knew i knew a bunch of these guys from from Th- that scene and we kind of ran into each other at the bar and we're like whoa mm-hmm. you know hey it's you and I'm like oh it's you <laughs> and right, so right. they played the show and then by the time we got on stage they were kind of done and a bunch of their crowd and them and you know a bunch of the guys from the band came over and were watching our show and it was really fun because yeah. you know yeah. we're playing this like country rockabilly stuff and there's all these like studded jacket yeah. punks out there drinking beer. Pogo that shows around. an open mind. It wasn't like in West Side Story, you know, the sharks and the <laughs> no, jets. No, no. <laughs> no fighting there. Well, in Europe, yeah. sometimes like punks will come to our shows because they've seen us at other bands or they know Kelly and Sam's history mm-hmm. musically. Yeah. They're like, country show, like, what is this? What are you guys doing? And then by uh-huh. the end of the night, even one guy was like wearing my cowboy hat or something running around just being like, I'm not a punk anymore. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> right. Right. And so I think people were like the gateway Western band for punks to be like, do I like this? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fun. Gateway so, country yeah. band. I'm the gateway country <laughs> band for y'all. So, yeah. you know, the, it's, it's interesting to look at country because there's still a lot of people that uh, Jim and I relate to that, you know, it's very much cut and dried. It's rock and roll. It's country. You know, you see and you you know the history of country from classic country to new country uh, a decade ago, you know, look, sounding more like rock and roll, sounding more like soft rock, you know, the new country. Uh, and then so many other things coming up. So 
uh, yeah, it's just great uh, for our show to get our listeners to hear the word country, you know, because we do we do such a wide range. So any other thoughts on the state of of the current state of country? Because that label, uh, you're taking it with you. You're uh, it's part of you. Uh, it's it's wide open. You know, there's there's is. Yeah, there's yeah. a wide open with country. I personally and I think I can speak for some of the other people in the band we've never really been interested in a contemporary music in any genre mm-hmm. yeah. to a large extent, you know, uh, with punk rock, my, you know, what I listen to is generally, you know, 90% stuff that was recorded before 1985 mm-hmm. with, with the country stuff. I mean, we, you know, we draw from our, our influences come largely from bands that are were current in the 60s and the yeah, late yeah. 50s. Mm-hmm. That's sort of our milieu. Personally, a lot of country bands lost it for me in the late 70s. Right. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and these days, I mean, I don't want to disparage anyone's music. Ever since Achy Breaking because... Heart, it's gone downhill. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, well, it's real yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. it's soft rock pop mm-hmm. is virtually indistinguishable from any other kind of pop music. Right. It's just if you mm-hmm. if you play pop music and you sing with a southern drawl, yeah, you're considered yeah. country. And yeah, I mean, that's exactly. Fine. If people like yeah. that, that that's totally cool. I don't. I'm not going to yeah, give anyone. Shit. And we know there's a whole subculture of people, you know, across the nation that that that's their thing. Yeah, well, exactly what you described. Cool. Yeah. It's, just yeah. it's just not us we don't we don't we're never gonna fit into that it was so no weird of course not <laughs> we played somewhere and the people at the bar were like what do you call this music that you're playing and we're like i don't know they call it like western or country yeah. they're like no that's not country and then yeah. they play they're like mm-hmm. playing country on the radio and it was like hip-hop you know and i was like yeah, that's yeah. what they think is country. <laughs> and they think country. what we're doing is not country which is like so weird i was like it's like yeah where yeah. are we <laughs> yeah, but living in categories that were created, you know, two decades ago, and still living in those categories yeah, from that, twenty years ago, right? By by the music industry, largely. yeah, and right, that's okay. right. Like, yeah, like Kelly's saying, like oh. that what they like is good, and that works for them. So it's kind of funny just to say like country, and everybody has a different idea of what country is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. there's so there's so many currents within with like I said with the with the punk rock labels, it's it's same with country mm-hmm. music. There's so many offshoots of country, though, because I noticed your band is the last album was in the genre of alternative country. They'll just, you know, people will put wherever they want to put us. That's fine. We don't care. We we just we'll we'll just play what we play and people can label it whatever they Mm -hmm. want. Yeah, one type I like because I don't don't like the like the new country, except the uh, it's called outlaw country. Yeah. Like uh, Nikki Lane. Like her, uh-huh. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Yep. Stuff like yeah, that. That's cool. You know. Yeah. Although I like that you got an edge to it. Women, because I always think outlaw country is just like heavy set guys with beards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get some women up there in that. Yeah. I mean, no, originally that was all, you know, I don't know, Merle Haggard and Johnny Paycheck and, these, yeah. you know, yeah. like guys who had gone to prison. You know, that was yeah, outlaw yeah. country. Yeah. And classic country. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like that. I like that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's great. I like somebody um, with this new album referred to us as Surfabilly. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you got the surf in there. Nice. Surfing with the yeah. cowboy hat, waterproof cowboy hats. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> people people hear that. Like, we've gotten the surf thing of a bunch from, from people at shows. Like, wow, you guys, you know, I'm... It's like country and, and it's like we don't you know none of this is intentional we don't sit down yeah. and like you know we're gonna write a country song or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um it just comes out and i guess it's i mean we have influences that are across the board i mean i i'm a fanatic record collector i've got mm-hmm. probably about ten thousand records in the house wow. and genres <clears throat> across the board and and surf is an important genre for for both of us. Actually, mm-hmm. everyone in the band. Um, yeah, I love you know music. It, it's great. So I, I it's natural that some of that would show through. You know, it's like we try and disguise these things, but it's <laughs> it's like uh, I mean, we don't try, but yeah. we you know we don't like 
flaunt this stuff. It's mm-hmm. like it comes out. It's like you can move away from a region in the country or the world, but at accent. some point your accent's going to show through. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the next album. Funny. I'm picturing the next album cover. I see Jenny uh, looking to her left with a cowboy hat on, holding a surfboard. Yeah, <laughs> and it will be called Jenny Don't hat. Surf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put some saddles on the surfboards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like a surf rodeo. Yeah. yeah. There's our next record. Surf rodeo. Yeah. That's a guy. <laughs> so there's one song I noticed. It's on the first album that I thought was really unique. It's called Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Lee Hazelwood cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the one with Jerry A from Yeah, singing. It was a, well, that's what yeah, I was going to ask because I, I didn't expect that voice. Yeah. So tell us about that. Because I think it's so, a cross I'm between a- like Tom Waits and. Um, Wolfman Jack or something going on there. So I don't know if you guys, maybe some of your listeners or you guys are familiar with a, a, a classic Portland punk rock band called Poison Idea. They've been around since about 1980. And okay. they're, they're largely, uh, well, they were large, but they, um, um, yeah, they're, they're kings of punk, you know, it, mm-hmm. like, they're they're just one of those bands in the in the punk scene that have been around forever and everyone loves them super influential yeah super influential i mean pantera covered one of their songs uh you know (laughs) but uh uh their singer jerry he's an old friend of ours and you know we we've always loved lee hazelwood and nancy sinatra so we've always kind of wanted to cover uh, something of theirs and and we did summer wine for a while for the record, we thought, well, let's try Ladybird and let's invite Jerry to do, you know, counterpoint with mm-hmm. Jenny on that. And and it worked out really well. I mean, he was cool yeah. enough to come in and really fun. And he he was messing around. Interesting voice. With <laughs> voice. Yeah, style. his voice is cool. Yeah. yeah. But if you I, I'd strongly recommend checking out Poison Idea. They're okay. a great band. And they, yeah. they epitomize Portland punk rock. Yeah. And that's uh, and that's 80s late 80s 90s or when is that well they they just played their last show about a year and a half ago but they they were around in the 80s and the 90s and they've mm-hmm. broken up periodically mm-hmm. but the bulk of their material came out in the 80s and the 90s yeah. the darkness yeah. is mm-hmm. my yeah they have a great record called feel the darkness that came out okay. in 1990 or 91 and it's my favorite it's great. yeah we'll check it out so jenny um let's talk about your outfits Oh yeah. <laughs> now, do you make these from scratch, or do you buy the mm-hmm. the dress? I, I right? go to the, nope, I go to the fabric store and feel what fabric I think might be a good dress. I still no. not the best at like knowing exactly what fabric would work the best. I just kind of go look at oh, that's a good color. Grab the grab the fabric and start building. I'm out of my mind. I'm trying to finish <laughs> one more dress before the. And wow. so our living room right now just has like cuttings and all kinds of stuff all over the place. She does this every time we go on tour. I just need one more. Yeah, I just regardless. need one more dress. <laughs> yeah. And that's the creativity coming out. You know, the songwriting, the playing, uh, the performing, and then the, the, the outfits as well. That's, that's creative. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, we want to look visually, you know, we want to look visually just as good as we sound. And we want mm-hmm. to stick out in people's minds and... I also have a lot of fun building it. And I feel like people now coming to our shows have a lot of fun knowing that they can dress up and they're not going to like stick out because it's like, yeah. we're all getting dressed up. We're going to a party and yeah. it's like worth dressing up for. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a great concept. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I started making my own outfits was, well, I could never find anything that fit right Two, mm-hmm. I could never afford anything that was vintage looking like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my sister got married and wanted me to wear like this mustard yellow dress and I couldn't find one anywhere, but I had a pattern for like a simple, just easy pattern to sew. And so that was my first one that I did. And it was not as hard as I expected. So, you know, with YouTube now you can watch a YouTube tutorial for anything. And so I just started doing that and made that outfit. And I told Kelly, I was like, I want to try and make one for the band and like decorate it like a nudie suit. And (laughs) so I used felt and put them all together. Yeah. I mean, the, there's no way that any of us could actually afford a real nudie suit. That I mean, that's so wildly <laughs> out of our budget. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we just, I mean, and that's where a lot of this stuff, we try and do as much stuff as we can ourselves. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that comes from is we just can't afford to get the real stuff. We yeah. have to make it ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then it's kind of fun because I feel like my dresses that I make are a little bit more to my liking anyway. So I can oh, make yeah. them how I yeah. want them to fit. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the suit yeah. jackets I started decorating. Those ones I I didn't I bought the suit jacket first and then just decorated those. But um Yeah, I don't think those have showed up in any pictures yet. Yeah. But, I mean um, Sam a pretty cool. She one. made us jackets. So. Oh cool. Yeah, great. Maybe those will- uh, yeah. To match. Are they yeah. the jackets each similar? Oh, uh, they don't match each other. They're each no. personalized to oh, the okay. guys. Sam's is yeah, Sam's got some sticks on it. Yeah, he's got drumsticks yeah. on yeah. on his jacket oh. lapel. Right. Yeah, I, we're we're a regular little craft circle around here. <laughs> we're we're still uh, a lead up to a tour, so you can't really tell from the the, the screen angle here. But our living room is a disaster. Is a nightmare of uh, don't I don't see the floor. Fine. He was just saying that we made a bunch of stuff. You know, we've got a disasters on right. our living room. It must feel great though to start doing live shows. I saw you did a record release a couple yeah. nights ago. Now, do you mostly tour on the? I would assume on the West Coast. Are you going to do any East Coast shows? Yeah, we did a Coast Coast tour in spring of 2018. So uh, we we have gone to the East Coast. We the bulk of our touring is on the West Coast. Just because mm-hmm. that's you know easier to get to but we're gonna try and get back to the east coast as soon as we can i mean we'll we'll play anywhere that that people want us to and mm-hmm. uh a lot of places that they'd rather we didn't so uh, <laughs> yeah there's a there's a couple places around here one sellersville theater sellersville pennsylvania just north of philly and uh cool the, nice. a place called the outpost in the burbs it's in monmouth new okay. jersey and it's a it's nice. a church. Cool. It's an old church. Cool. It's just west of New York City, then. I mean, they have services there, but they also have concerts, and you actually sit in the pews. Yeah, it's stone. It's uh, if you love architecture like I do, I'm just I'm listening to the band. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, it's just it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. I love yeah. playing in, in you know interesting old places like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we we tour as much as we can, and obviously the last year and a half it's been difficult. Not we had to cancel yeah. oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of dates, and but you know I, we we tour all over the place. We've gone to Europe three times, I think, on this on tour with this band, and across the U.S. and all over the West Coast. We took a short trip to Iceland right before the pandemic. Oh, wow. yeah, shows in Reykjavik, yeah, Alaska. Mm-hmm. We had to cancel an Alaska tour, which really sucked yeah now we're getting ready to jump on with charlie crockett so that would be cool to do some southwest shows Mm -hmm. great great yeah suddenly out of nowhere two weeks ago we we had a couple shows regionally planned and now we're ramping up to leave for two months and something like i don't know 40 shows or 50 shows or something wow so i mean it all happened (laughs) fast yeah yeah (laughs) gotta stay healthy for that and i'm glad we got you today yeah. You know, to talk to you. Yeah. Because you're going to be pretty busy. Yeah. I think after this yeah. week. Uh, so I know uh, we appreciate your time and we know that you're woke up by now telling these stories. So we yeah. want to do uh, some trivia, some trivia with you guys. It is going to be Jenny against Jim. So it's Jimbo against Jenny. And uh, well, you Kelly can. Yeah, I know. Are you, are you guys ready for this? So um, here's the way it's going to be. It's uh, it's it's I'm counting the points. It's going to be uh, 10 total questions, five each. And if Kelly does, if if Jenny doesn't know, Kelly is the backup. Okay. And then if you don't get it, just like any other game show, uh, the opposing person gets to steal the point. It's multiple choice, five questions, multiple choice. So you that, you know, I do it random. I want you to tell me who's going first. Kelly, who goes first? Jenny or Jim? Uh, I don't know. If I had a coin, of, of, <laughs> I just I'm saying this so I know uh, you know I didn't set up the questions. You know to to oh, have I got Jim. The Spurs button right here. Okay. All right. Heads all right. or tails. Yeah. Tails. Heads or tails. 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 Okay, so you get the 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 poker. Yeah. The the pin side of the button. And okay. Jenny gets the Spurs yeah. side. Okay. 
pin side up. So I guess you, I guess it's your. Okay. All right. Jim's <laughs> first. All right. So this this is from a source that is doing mostly '60s and '70s rock and roll. So that's our category. No uh, no Portland punk questions uh, in this book. So uh, Jim, mm -hmm. are you ready? Yes. In what country was George Ivan Van Morrison born? Russia, Northern Ireland, or Scotland? I know he's Irish, so Northern Ireland. You got it. All right, we got a we got a point for Jim here. All right, Jenny, you ready? Yep. In what Broadway musical did Davy Jones perform before becoming a monkey? Jesus Christ Superstar, Oliver, or West Side Story? Do you I know, know that one? And then Kelly can be your backup. We neither one of us know it. I'm gonna go I, with A. No. Yeah. What are you gonna say? West Side Story? I, yeah, I'd say West Side Story. Okay, West Side Story. Oh, okay. Jim for the steal. Oliver. I was gonna say I knew that one. Oliver, Jim gets another one there. Okay, all right. There's there's lots of time to catch up. <laughs> all right, Jim. Keith Moon died in the same apartment that another famous rocker had died four years prior. Who was that star? Mama Cass Elliot, Brian Jones, or Jim Morrison? Well, it wasn't Jim Morrison because he died in Paris. Okay. In a bathtub, I think. Hmm. I'm going to say Mama Cass. Mama Cass. You got it. Oh, this is tough. This is two against one. Um, Jim, Jim was talking trash too earlier. I got to tell you that. But uh, just with the two to one thing, you know, I said, you, uh -huh. just go for it. Just go for it. You're going to win. Okay. We're terrible at trivia. Well, it's, it's three to zero, Jimbo. Let's see what happens here. Uh, this one, this one should be a good one. Ke um, Jenny, Cesar and Cleo was an earlier name for which performers? Cesar and Cleo. Was it Simon and Garfunkel? Sonny and Cher? Or Sam and Dave? I think that one's Sunny and Cher. Final answer? Yep. You got it. Nice. All Yay. right. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to put this next question on because uh, I just don't know how many people know this one. Uh, Jim, you ready? Mm -hmm. Steve Lynn Morris Hardaway is the real or birth name for which of the following? Steve Miller. Stevie Wonder or Otis Redding? I'm going to guess Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. You got it. <laughs> All right. All right. Halfway yeah. through here. Uh, more than halfway through. Jenny, for what television show did the 70s, in the 70s, did Love and Spoonful leader John Sebastian sing the theme song? So again, it's John Sebastian theme song, TV. The Jeffersons, Welcome Back, Cotter, or The Love Boat? The Love Boat. <laughs> the way does Kelly know? No, Kelly, Kelly's thinking something else there. Okay, the Jeffersons. Not the love boat. <laughs> the, the love boat. Welcome back, Connor. Okay, well, yeah, you got it. All right, Kelly helps you out. Let me keep score here. Uh, it right. looks like it looks like it's four to two. And I must have missed one. I did miss one. I gotta go back here. All right, whose is this now? This is Jim. Jim. Yeah. Boy, I hope that didn't change fate, me missing one of those questions there. All right, uh, Jim. Mm -hmm. Three Dog Night question. Oh. For which group did Three Dog Night leader Danny Hutton audition unsuccessfully for before forming his new I band? I think I can answer that before you ask. Well, you go ahead and do that. I'll probably be wrong. The Monkees. Oh, uh, you got it without the choices. I didn't, I didn't know that. Three Dog Night band. Yeah. Uh, the other choices that are wrong are the Standells and the Grassroots. All right. Yeah, we interviewed uh, Chef Negron. Oh, that was two, hilarious. Three Dog Night. 50, yeah. cool. 50 years of performing, and uh, he's got some stories. Still doing it, too. Uh, still playing guitar with his two daughters and cool. uh, producing yeah. some records. Yeah. Jenny, beer question. <laughs> beer question. Oh, this might, this might be good. You bartend. Yeah, you're speaking my language. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> After what beer did Credence Clearwater Revival get their name, take their name, Ooh. acquire? Uh, what beer did Credence Clearwater Revival name? Olympia, Hams, or Coors? Olympia, Hams, or Coors? I don't know if Kelly knows there. I feel um, like I, I would have heard 
that if it was Olympia. Like yeah, nobody talks about that. that. That's local. Yeah, Hams Bear. Never heard of Hams. Hams has it's uh, like the Hams Bear. Well, you know, the sky land of sky blue waters. So maybe maybe Ham. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hams too. Hams. Oh no. Okay. Um, and it's probably a better choice of two. I'm trying to hide my sheet from Jim here. What was the answer? You can just say the answer. Uh, no, you get to steal it. Now you get Coors Olympia. or Olympia. Yeah, so he said Olympia. So it is. It's Olympia. And uh, Olympia wow. is is in Clearwater, Washington. And that's where Credence yeah, gets their name from. Water. Clearwater, Washington. It's one of the states. Water. Yeah, one of the states I haven't been to. Washington. No, it's not, it's, but it's, I, not, it's not Clearwater, I, Washington. Washington. I, yeah, I don't know where they got Clearwater. I, I'll have to look that up. It's Tumwater. Yeah, they're in a town called Tumwater, Washington, is where that. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah, wow. Used, yeah, maybe the book is it. wrong. <laughs> I think you're more likely to be correct than the book I took this from. I don't know. But, we'll have to look that up. I just good. know that Tumwater, Washington, you know, for years, if you drove up I 5 through Olympia, Washington, Tumwater was right next door, and you could look out the car window and see the the Oli plant right there, and that was in in Tumwater, Washington. But That's a good is, question, though. That's cool. I didn't know that. Well, I don't know if it's right or not. Right? <laughs> is um is there a Clearwater anywhere near there? I've never heard of Clearwater, Washington. I okay. Mean, Let me look. I'm a Washington native, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've never yeah, heard we're, of Clearwater. Yeah, we're, it's such a name. I bet every state has a, at least one Clearwater. Yeah, 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 Springfield, right? Yeah, that is so interesting. Yeah, so, well, it says Clearwater is an unincorporated community in western Jefferson County, Washington, hmm. by the Clearwater yeah. River. Yeah. But that's not, County that's not near. No. Yeah. Olympia is what, like, 20? it's eighty-five miles away from. All right. Well, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give. I'm going to give you a point for that. So we are <laughs> we are five we are five to four here. Uh, Jimbo is leading five to four, and where was I? I was to Jim with the ninth question. This is a Cream question. The band. Cream. Okay. Why did Eric Clapton, Jack Bruce, and Ginger Baker call themselves Cream? Okay, it's three long answers here. <laughs> uh, they wanted a household word that people use daily. They considered themselves the, quote, cream of the crop. Or C, it was a shortened form of their original name, Crush Dream. I don't know, B. B is they considered themselves the cream of the crop. All right, you did get it. (laughs) I thought that was so corny. Yeah, I'm like, maybe it is the obvious. I don't know. Well, no, because I think they were all uh, English studio musicians, so they were like kind of the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. All right, one last question, Jenny. In what country was the band Queen's leader, Freddie Mercury, born? And I did not know this. We have... I think I know. Oh, Jim wants to steal it already. Uh, Tanzania, or Tanzania, as they say. Austria or Australia? Oh, maybe I don't know. I did did not know this. So Tanzania, Austria, Australia. We're going with Tanzania. Yeah, you got it. I was thinking Cuba. <laughs> I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked Tanzania. I for some reason I thought, thought he was uh what was the big island uh Madagascar uh, somewhere. I thought like, he was Cuban. Yeah, well Tan- I knew he was born in 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 Africa uh like to colonial family or something, yeah. you know. But I yeah, for some reason I thought it was like Mauritania or or can't uh, you know, or something. Cool. I, <laughs> well, thanks for that. Yeah, awesome. I just, I just would have, I just would have guessed somewhere in in Europe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone to uh, Tanzania. He was born Frederick Bulsara, B U L S A R A. Frederick Bulsara. That's a pretty cool, cool. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before we go, where can everybody get your new new album? Um, you have a website. Bandcamp. Right? We have. Yep. Okay. You could go to our website, jennydontandthespurs.com. Um, it's also on Bandcamp, iTunes. You can hear it on Spotify. We've got it uploaded on YouTube if you don't have Spotify. Apple Music, I believe. Yeah, we listen to Apple. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's on all the platforms. I think kind- Kelly will probably have a couple uploaded on Discogs. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed. I collect vinyl. Not as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs> I have like 
250 albums. Yeah. But I, I love the uh, color vinyl, the splatter, but I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't get in there to get your splatter Ooh. vinyl. Yeah. You're not yeah, going to make any more, right? Is that? Yeah, we didn't even get ours. So. Oh. Um, yeah, so we're going to do a wow. He already has a repress going and they'll have some other an, another chance for some colored vinyl. Yeah, okay. very cool, very cool. For vinyl fans, uh, we have a new single that's coming out, uh, a two-song single with songs that don't appear anywhere else coming. It, we, we had hoped it was going to be out for this tour, but that's not going to happen. It's probably going to come out later in the summer, but there is an edition of 100 of those on, I think it's Red Vinyl, um, okay. So those will be those will be available on mm -hmm. our Bandcamp when it you know when it appears or Discord. I, I have the Christmas or... one. I think that's oh one. nice. Oh yeah. 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 Very cool. We, your outfit is great on that, Jenny. <laughs> Love the outfit. <laughs> Thanks. So hey, I bought all that Christmas stuff at Home Depot, and then I returned it go. after that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Love their policy. Thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, I know it was early. We all had our coffee and great meeting both of you virtually. And I hope our listeners gain some uh, more knowledge of yeah. Jenny Dalton and the Spurs. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll see you, you in your town soon. So Yes, yes. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Little bird, come on down. I'm your way on the ground. Little bird, I'll treat you. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. Exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The song's train ticket, Friday night, California Cowboy, and Ladybird. Use with permission of Jenny and Kelly of Jenny Don't Disperse.